Ah, hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast Woo! Today on episode 158, I was very lucky to have Jamie Brownlee on the podcast He is a director at Green uh, Target Uh, Basically, we talked about a number of different things uh, about the financial sector, uh, what changes it's gone through over the last 15 months, how uh, PR might be affecting the sector going forward, uh, what companies might be looking to do. It was a very interesting conversation, I've got to say. uh, Yeah, joy to have him on. Uh, I felt like I learned a lot. I think you will too. So please sit back, enjoy the show and have a great day. Ah. And yeah, please don't forget subscribe to the podcast and yeah, be awesome. Peace. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on episode at 158, I am very privileged to have woo, Jamie Brownlee. How are, no, wait, he is a director at Green Target. You know what? Normally I have to, like, when I say this, there are a number of things I have to say. Director, writer, podcaster, <laughs> like Grand Emperor. Well, I haven't had anyone to call them so I grand. Wish. But, yeah. but how are you today, sir? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. And thank you very much for having me on. It's uh, it's, a, it's a real pleasure. Ah, the pleasure's all mine. The pleasure's all mine. Yeah. You are a director at Green Target. What is Green Target <laughs> precisely? So we are a uh, financial services PR firm. So uh, we deal with a lot of kind of B2B uh, communications and PR uh, issues uh, for clients, uh, but very much in a kind of long, you know, in, in, a, in a sort of short story told, um, or sorry, long story short told short, very much we uh, enhance and protect the brands public the public perception of the brands that we we represent um working with the media social media podcasts mm-hmm. uh, any other sort of forums or mediums uh, that we can we can find that we think are suitable for clients to to promote them basically right like with this sort of <laughs> it must have been a, how can i put it it must have been a tricky sort of 15 months for you with regards to how everything's been you know what it's 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 funny i think financial services in general has been has actually had a you know if you look across the board actually financial services has done pretty darn well in the last mm. 15 to 18 months it really has um we in what i do and, and my firm we already had a two or three day working um working from home policy okay. so actually the transition when it once you know we we're all told you can't go back into the office uh very abruptly was actually for us very easy um and we were kind of we kind of hit the ground running um we have to have to say at the time like everyone in the world we were like a, a bit sort of sh- obviously shocked but also not quite sure what the permutations would has i think we were confident in ourselves but we weren't necessarily confident in what was going to happen around us mm-hmm. so we didn't really know what to expect but i think the way that we transitioned uh and the way that we have worked from home uh and actually just shown everybody that we can a lot of people can work from home uh and actually they can work very well from home yeah of course you want to collaborate your with your 
um, your peers and your colleagues. I mean, it's great to be in a room to, and to chat, but actually sometimes, you know, actually getting your head down is actually quite, I find is actually, I don't really mind working from home once in a while because I can really put my head down. And I can, I can, I can get on top of things quite quickly. Um, so I think there's, there, we've realized there's definitely a time and a place for each. Mm-hmm. So going forward, we're, for example, are going to have a, a, a very much a, a flexible working uh, policy going, going forward. Obviously we'd like people in the office once or twice a week uh, and particularly once a month for a big, um, you know, a, a big get together, whether it be down, down the pub um, or, or, in, or, you know, for, for lunch. Um, I think that's really important to make sure that we meet, but no, I have to say in general, and we, we're actually having one of our, what are we in July now? We're having yeah. one of our best, you know, best, best years so far uh, that we've ever had. Um, and I think that's just a number of things, a little bit, obviously a little bit of luck in the fact that we, when we timed the whole kind of, working policy that we had in place mm. we timed it just right we started it in in you know in, in march 2019 so by the time it came around actually we were ready to go um and that was that was luck but also was, i think it was quite a good call from us because we kind of appreciated what was required and and actually it was it was responding to what a lot of for example the the, the younger um staff that we were employing were asking they were asking for that that level of of, of freedom and that level level of flexibility with working so I think we were able to do that and we did that early and that has certainly helped us massively. Right. That is unusual for a company to like take on that sort of degree of flexibility, especially in the sort of financial services. If it was yeah. Net, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, but yeah, financial services. What's like put you guys in that sort of, how can I say, forward thinking mindset? I think, I think honestly, it's a case of we are a quite a young company in, in the sense of the people that we have are young. We're, we're, we're very much a, a multicultural society, a, a company. We have, I think it's half of the people in our company at the moment, their first language is not English. Ah. So we embrace all different cultures, all different languages. And that I think in itself has really helped us because it's, it's allowed us to have thinking that's more varied than in some companies. We're also small. We're a boutique. We know we're, we're a specialist small firm. So we're able to be quite nimble and quite fast in decision making. You know, we literally sat down and thought, well, why don't we try? Why don't we trial a couple of weeks a week, uh, a couple of days a week where we allow people to work from home and see how it goes. If we find that people are slacking or that it's not working, we'll, we'll bin it. Um, and it worked brilliantly and we kept it. Um, and actually, I think that's like a lot of our decision making. We're able to do it quite quickly. Uh, and that certainly helps. But you're right. I mean, financial services, it's interesting in financial services at the moment, because what you have is you have a lot of big, big firms, right? In financial yeah. services that are that are clearly realizing that their staff do want that level of flexibility. And then on the on, on the complete reverse of that, you're having big, big names in business, um, whether it be on Twitter or LinkedIn or, or on TV, et cetera, coming out with big, bold statements saying, I want all my staff back in all my stuff back at their desks yeah. and i think that you're seeing a big big variance and it's not necessarily in sizes of, of companies no i think it comes down to sort of more of a sort of mental attitude to it all because like look with regards to like the big the big bad pandemic which we still are dealing with look july the 19th is coming freedom day like as i call it but like the whole thing is there's been a like Everything about the pandemic has shifted everything forward by, I would say, about five or ten years. Yeah, I could be wrong, agree. but like, yeah. But with regards to working from home, everything like this, like conferences, video conferencing, Zoom is like a common word uh, for now the video service. I totally agree, and I think I think you're right. It, it's it, it was inevitable this was going to happen because mm. I think people are, people are really starting to take well-being staff well-being general well-being really really seriously and they're actually that they're saying 
you know, actually the, the well-being of our staff, if we allow that level of flexibility where they can spend more time with their family, mm. where they can spend more time at home with their, their, their loved ones and actually have that, that work-life balance that means that they can, for example, go away on a weekend and come and, and work from home on the Monday so they don't have to, you know, feel that abruptness of having to rush back on a Sunday and getting up, you know, it, mm. it, it just allows that level, level of flexibility. And I think it was definitely coming. You could feel it. You could feel that there was that demand for it. And I think that was from probably from a younger generation coming through, but also the existing generations. But I think this has definitely absolutely accelerated this. And I think this period has, has accelerated a lot of things, um, whether it be in terms of diversity, whether it be in case, you know, say work-life balance, whether it be in case of, um, you know, just general, just, just general understanding that actually, People aren't just commodities. We actually, you know, staff well-being and caring for people's mental health um, and making sure you're bringing people through is really, really important. And I think I, I totally agree. I think we are we're five, ten years ahead of where we were supposed to be if COVID wasn't around. And I think that's that's only a good thing. Yeah, and like this is the thing I would say with regards to like tech from like the standpoint of working from home and like sort of well-being, uh, which was before COVID hit. Uh, that's demonetized it on YouTube. Well, I'm not even monetized, so don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, but before COVID hit, there was like a real sort of drive, like in health and well-being uh, in the actual office itself. Uh, one of the things yeah. which like kind of like I've been looking at a number of different industries and how they kind of re- acting uh, to the big band pandemic previously is financial services was kind of on a sort of term with like the rise of fintech and everything like that but like now with regards to sort of invoice finance uh, sort of went like well it's technically gone goodbye and civils has now taken its place uh, how do you like think the landscape will be going sort of forward in like let's, oh let's, i mean like, yeah I- yeah, I think I think anything with tech, I think tech, again, is one of those sectors that has because people haven't had the ability to do face to face face to face work in the last. Again, tech has been accelerated forward. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, fintech in particular is 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 enormous. I think um, the sector is going to grow and grow and grow. And that's from both B2B and B2C. I really think that um, more and more companies are going to become uh, again, I think they've been they've been pushed, accelerated forward, and pushed forward, uh, and I think that's that is that is only going to to I think create more niches in the market, mm. more interesting ways of doing things, and then sadly it means that perhaps more firms that have had you know a little bit more of a traditional and antiquated way of working will will, will sadly cease to exist. I think you'll just have a, a rush to more nimble, great use of tech, uh, really interesting firms. Um, that have a different way of thinking. I, I, I think that has accelerated it. You know, this, this whole period has accelerated that so much. And I think, you know, for example, I do a lot of work in, in wealth management um, yeah. and wealth management, for example, you're seeing a massive rush to, to um, I guess this, this is obviously push, push um, from a younger generation coming through who are interested in trading and investing, but a lot of firms that are working out how they can get into that play. So how do they, do, how do they provide a platform for people that's interesting and that's easy to use? How do they get people through? Because the wealth management industry, for example, is still quite traditional the way it works. Mm. And I think a lot of people are going to want to trade, get in, get involved with this, get involved in investing. And I think this has been a period of self-reflection as well. People have gone, well, okay, so I have a mortgage. I have, uh, you know, I have this amount of money. I have investments there. I think it's, 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 it's made people look at themselves and think, right, well, what's my future? How do I want to invest with my future? So I think, again, 
something like the wealth management industry needs to take advantage of this because it's a great opportunity. So really interesting and fast and, 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 and high quality tech is certainly going to be in, in high demand, I think. Right. Yes. Uh, something which I don't think is like high quality tech, but it, it's around and it's pervasive. Um, like I would yeah. say it's been like, how can I say the bane of the markets over the last uh, like few months? Um, you're aware of an app called Robinhood? Yes, of course. <laughs> Very yeah. well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. You understand where I'm coming from with that. I, 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 and you know what? That 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 in itself, to my point about why the wealth management and why you have this big big rush to kind of fintech that's mm. attractive to retail, yeah. uh, to to retailers, is partly because of Robinhood and their involvement, obviously, with GameStop, um, which yeah. which has which has created this buzz about investing and trading and and wanting to invest and wanting to to make money yourself and have a bit of control. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure. I think it's a new phrase, but it's not definitely not a new phrase, but democratizing investments I mean, democratizing the opportunities for, for people to invest their money. Mm. And Robinhood, for example, obviously one of those that was involved in that process. And, you know, there will be so many more Robinhoods coming, coming to the fore and, and a lot of the traditional trading platforms and investment platforms and wealth management platforms are having to adapt and they're having mm. to either buy the tech White, get it white labeled however they can do it but they're having to respond to that because that was such a, that was i don't i think we all i think a lot of people underestimate how big a moment that whole game stop um uh you know uh, uh saga was i think that was such a, a big moment and actually what it did is it showed how powerful and how frankly how how able the younger you know, the millennial generation coming through are and the, the, the ability to use tech to assemble and to make change and Oh my God! They 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 made change, and they certainly they they um they challenged the the so-called big boys and hedge funds, and um and and you know have, I think have, have, that has been a, a really important moment in in investing and trading. Yeah, no, because this is the whole thing. Like, okay, um, ah, oh, was it why they the guys who are on Reddit who like put this through? What they basically did, like, it was like they just they did a good. They, they screwed over Gordon Gecko in Wall Street. Because, <laughs> like, on the last big trade, it was like, yeah, you had it, like, the information went out to, like, the smaller players who would never sort of get that information yeah. beforehand yeah. Um, because they're out of the loop. But, like, down to, like, a few smart people, like, hey, wait a second, here's an opportunity. They just did, they did over Gordon Gecko, and it was like, yeah, bill, like, billions were lost, or the hedge yeah. funds, they would say, but I would say like millions were made by quite a number I, of people. And I think I I hope that an event like that though doesn't make it doesn't doesn't. So I hope the focus isn't on necessarily on that idea of you know being almost kind of that that revenge factor because I think that 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 market manipulation is obviously a, you know it's a really dangerous game and yeah. it's not something that people want to promote it's not something that we want to uh, glorify in any way no. but i think what that event did and i hope what it does going forward is it shook up the industry and said there's some new people coming and mm. you've got to get yourself ready there's a whole new generation of people that are are more tech savvy than you are are are, are more able to assemble people together mm. uh, and 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 collaboratively come together and and make change quickly. It, it, this isn't just in tech. We're we're talking in a, in a niche area. Oh. This is in general. You look at yeah. all the big movements that we've seen in the last few years that have been led from a younger generation and the speed at, at which it's happened and the 
the, the, the power of it is astonishing. And that is a number of factors. It's its ability to assemble. It's the tech. It's yeah. the news media. You know what I mean? It's, 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 you know, people wanting to make change and not being afraid of it. And I think that's what it did. And it, it made, it certainly made people take up and, you know, take, take note, I, I think. Yeah. The only reason why I bring it up in tech, like, because that was the thing where I saw such a great leverage point put on the actual market itself because overall it had a a huge effect on everyone look it like you had robin hood which shut down uh, like a couple of times during sort of key moments and like had technical issues at key moments but now there it like you like when you said ah don't want it to be a revengeification of a situation I don't think it's going to be a revengeification. I think it's a case of there are, how can I put it? There are a number of naive investors with this sort of new millennial like crowd coming in and even say Gen Xers uh, as well, which have seen like, and I've got to say like, I'm not, I'm not a money guy, but from what I've seen with everything going on with like, okay, fintech what everything what's going on with bitcoin and basically the whole like the way capital is so cheap at this present time uh i think this is there there hasn't been anything quite like this ever like even if you try to look back at the dot-com boom there hasn't been anything like this ever and i think that's where people are like thinking oh i can get rich quick it's a case of yeah yeah i feel like i'm going right if you go in with that attitude you're going to get gamed quite hard uh exactly right i I totally agree and i think uh education is is just is 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 so important as well i think Mm. you need to people that are going to get involved in this people that are are wanting to to learn more will benefit i do think that but particularly, you know, again, if I take certain, you know, movements like the, the GameStop movement, yeah. that was based on education, though, as well. OK, there was a there was a lot of bit of a little bit of you know sensationalism about the, the, the fact that it was um, in the GameStop and it was et cetera. And, and, and a lot of people who big names who who, ha- who were influencers were getting involved. But mm. it was I think a lot of it was also based on information and education on on what, what could happen by doing this. And I totally agree. I think education is so, so important. The, the, the difference I think now as well is in the past, and this is something that financial services in general got a lot of heat for, and at times rightly rightly so, is that they they held the, they held the key to the information and 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 they held the the yeah they held the key to that information so that actually it was a bubble of people that understood the way that certain instruments and the way the markets yeah. worked. So essentially, you are blocking out an entire not just you know well, generations but you the, the large majority of the global population don't understand it and and why sh- why should they it's it, it, at times highly complex yeah and i think now what's happened is that because there's the ability to to permeate information so fast to educate people so much quicker mm. that you're what you're happening is you're you're going to have these challenges to the big boys and to the to, to the to the to the, so the old guard because the old guard won't be able to hold off. It won't. It won't be able to keep this bubble. And I think you're going to have a lot of younger people and a lot of uh, people that perhaps wouldn't have had access to that kind of information being involved, being really interested, involved. And I think that's only a good thing. Yeah, I think what like rather than say be sort of like a hedge fund, like typically it's going to be more sort of like um, would Gorilla War not 
guerrilla like guerrilla organizations which form and disband rather quickly so it's like yes we'll like there's this going on we need to get gather people do this and i think it's going to come down to maybe a few charismatic leaders within this sort of group uh to sort yeah. of like, like push things up uh the reason why i say a few charismatic leaders uh with regards to say uh dogecoin now there's one certain <laughs> tech uh, entrepreneur who like, <laughs> let's let's just say look it could be perceived as market manipulation but yeah yeah but um, like you know what i mean i don't know I what know. your thoughts are <laughs> oh i mean uh, yeah i mean uh, yeah obviously i i <laughs> It's a really difficult one, that because uh, the ability for, for him to send a tweet and for the the you know for, for I mean and and again you take 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 Elon, but then also you've got I, I look at other influencers across the board. You look oh, at yeah. Kardashians, yeah. You know, just a single tweet and what that that can do and what that can wipe off uh, or add to a to a stock or add to a sector is astonishing. It is astonishing. Um, and again, it goes back to that point of the power of of tech and social media, um, and uh, you know the the, the the concern sometimes is that they are being because they're so strong on social media, they're being seen as leaders of of the of the information and of of, of educating people, and yeah. people follow because that's what they said because they've seen the number of followers. They haven't actually looked behind the scenes, and do these people actually know exactly what? Do they understand what they are? They do. Yeah. Are they behind that brand for 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 alter, you know ulterior motives? So I think when accessing information, and I think, and I, and again, social media platforms need to do this. And you know, you go back to this. I'm not for one second saying that you know fake news and all this, but I think I think it is very important that we do legitimise where the education information comes from, particularly mm. when it comes to things like financial services, where people could lose lots and lots of money. And I and I think the sector's done a lot in the last decade since the well, in the last twelve years, 12, 13 years since the uh, the financial crisis, they've done a lot to educate people and to put risk warnings in and to 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 look at that as a real uh, danger or it was a real danger particularly for retail investors but i think more and more needs to be done to explain to them particularly if we're going to have this swathe of new younger younger people coming through who want to be involved in financial services understand that okay just be sure where you're getting your information if you, you know if you be make sure it's credible where you're getting information from and and you know, do do your research it's really important so i think the industry as a whole needs to do more when it comes to that i think Mm. And like, this is the thing. How do you think that push is going to come from like the industry itself? Can, like, is there been sort of any clear markers out there or not? Well, it, it's really interesting. So one of the, we, we, I mean, I work with a range of, of big kind of uh, blue chip firms that are seen as perhaps the traditional, traditional guard. And then I've got a, quite a few who are perhaps seen as uh, trying to, you know, shake things up a bit um, and, uh, and, and perhaps on the smaller side and, um it's interesting to see the difference. And I think what, what I'm certainly seeing is the traditional uh, firms are under, in financial services are understanding actually if they can simplify their language mm. as much as possible and explain and actually highlight where the risks are or highlight the challenges or highlight why actually say a product or a sector or a class of, of investment is of interest, but why it might not be of interest to certain people, the more they can do that and the more than they can educate it, much better in the long run, much, much better in the long run. I think the amount of financial services who still do it, frankly, who alienate an entire audience because they try and overcomplicate or, or they, sorry, they don't overcomplicate, they, they, they just don't simplify it, frankly. They, 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 they think that they're talking to somebody who works in that sector, but actually they don't. They're keeping it as simple as possible. And I think that's where a lot of these 
you know, these investment platforms have done really, really well. Mm. I've just really just taking scale back and just completely simplifying it and providing a level of, level of education to the type of things that they're offering that is understandable by all um, and catering to a bigger audience. And I think that's, that is the most important thing. It's just simplifying it often. Mm. No, I hear you about simplifying it. Uh, but one of the dangers about simplifying it in like, in my opinion, it's when they sort of turn it into sort of a game more so than a sort of proper investment tool. Even like, well, yeah. it is a game, they gamify it, but it's still an investment tool, but they don't actually highlight the sort of dangers behind it. Um, I, yeah. And I think that, that there comes the, the problem because you're trying to attract a younger audience who are interested, mm. say, in, you know, in, in social media, in me, in that meme culture, in that, in that quite, you know, often quite, you know, quite fun and, 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 um, and, and yeah, meme like um, environment. And actually that you're right that they're, they're, they're almost, it, it could seem that it's actually just fake money and this is just a bit of a game. Mm. Now, obviously, these a lot of these platforms do offer a demo account, but you for for for, for, for ne- never should they ever make it so that it, it's not understood that this is your your capital is always at risk. Um, and I think that that still needs to. Mid- I think they're pretty good at it in general. But you're right. There's a very big you know. There's a swathe obviously to try and simplify it and make it more cool and young. Yeah. But actually, you got to be careful. I totally agree. Yeah. No. Like this is the thing when those firms offer those demo accounts. Like the whole thing is, um. I'm and like the whole thing is there is a sort of separation from because you know it's not real the demo account you can be a little bit more bold and like daring <laughs> but when it comes real, and, and it does it gets you this this false sense of security you think oh well mm. I, I've made 10 percent but yeah you're given 100 grand like you, you know you don't have 100 grand so it's very very different uh yeah I, I totally agree and it's it's understanding that it's um yeah it, it, money is money and it's it's you know dem- demo is very different to real certainly <laughs> <laughs> is like, oh my lord not nah. uh, because yeah um like when people talk about like leverage and like leverage in their accounts and stuff like this i like i hear that too much and every time i think of leverage people over leveraging themselves on a high scale I begin to think about a certain big crash which happened in the ni- early 1900s. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and le- leverage is a, leverage is a very dangerous thing. And I think uh, you know the industry as a whole. I work with a few companies who have who have obviously taken the, taken ESMA on board, which is the, the mm. regulatory body, um, to cap leverage at a certain level. And uh, I I couldn't agree more of that. I think if you have um, a policy where leverage is just all over the place and a lot of it is is led from i have to say outside of the uk jurisdiction so it's a lot of of countries that perhaps don't have as stringent um, jurisdictions as we do um and that that is quite dangerous because i think you you know particularly with the way that you can set up a firm to a uk audience but not actually have it headquartered here so you're able to access that leverage which is a little bit out of control um and that can be very very dangerous and and that that i think is what uh, and that behavior is is um, is slightly what has what has caused some people to still have those views of of say trading being a bit like betting, and you know I think I think that 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 can be quite dangerous because it's not all like that, um, mm. and there's some very very legitimate and good quality firms who who certainly don't want you to. And let's not forget they don't want you to lose money. You know a lot of these um, trading firms do not want you to lose money because if you lose money you're not a customer, yes. you're not a client. Mm. It, they want to they want you to to join them to 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 learn and to 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 join them on a journey 
where ultimately they're able to sell you more products, more vehicles, but they do not want you to lose money because you lose money, you're not a client and you're not spending any more money. So that's, again, something I think that slightly, I think some people don't understand is, is it's not their intentions for you to lose money. Uh, mm. They're not betting firms. Um, you know, they, that, that's, that's the big difference. Yeah, I think that's the sort of confusion between trading and investing. Uh, I think from like many a person, because like, yes, if you're doing the whole day trading and like, if, like on a like day-to-day basis, yeah, in, I w- it is quite close to gambling in <laughs> many respects. But when you're like, but when you're doing investing, you're talking about, okay, y- you buy it and you try to forget it as much as possible. And like, you're- you're absolutely right. And I think, I think, you know, day trading, day trading, I think day trading, for example, there's, a, you know, there is an, obviously there are some, some similarities to betting, but there's a huge amount of information. Mm. If, you know, if, if there's a lot of background uh, studying, a lot of education, a lot of people that, that will be, I mean, they're, they're working their absolute tails off to understand the markets, to react and learning, learning a craft and learning skills in how markets move dependent on certain um, actions and certain economic data, yeah. certain things that even little words that are said, I mean, the minutiae minutiae of the detail that, that these these very good day traders go into is just, it, it's incredible, actually. It's, a, it's almost, I wish, I, I, there was a program years ago called Traders on BBC Two, and I absolutely loved it. And I just wish they would do more of these type of, you may have seen it, I just wish they did more of them because they, they, they looked at sort of five different couple, five different people and yeah. diff, completely different backgrounds background one guy i think was a multi-millionaire one guy one one lady had four kids lived on a farm you know never have thought she'd be a trader and she was a brit and and just to understand the way it works and how actually some people are just brilliant at it and you might not think they're brilliant at it but um just to un- uncover that a bit more would be really interesting i think but i think um no and, and investing is is you're right investing is different in that a lot of it is done obviously by and by you might have a, an ifa you might have a financial planner you know you mm-hmm. often offload that um and outsource that to somebody else and you're right you'll put your money in and you'll try and forget about it uh, and you'll hope that it grows nicely and uh you know and, and that's i mean that's what you know i face and financial planners always tell me that that they only have conversations when 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 their money's going down they don't they don't need to talk to them when their money's going up mm. um so and obviously that's that's not what they want to do so when um you know if, if the portfolio is growing nicely um you, people do they, they're very happy to forget about it and hope that when it comes to down to when they come down to retire then um they have a nice little pot there that they can use to enjoy retirement um problem is now obviously is that people aren't aren't dying at 70 75 they're dying much much later so um again that's shift you know when it comes to investment terms that's a huge shift for people because you know and and the people the people that were advising um, the, the, you know, advising somebody are now, you know, I think the average age of an IFA is about 55, roughly. So okay. they're the same people that were growing up with that philosophy that people died at 75, 80, right? Yeah. So they have this idea that building a, a portfolio is designed to last, you know, you'd have it for 15 years and that would be done and that would be it. Now that's completely changed. People are just, they're living so much longer. So you have mm. to, everything's having to adjust. And that's, that's again, something I think that a lot of, um, in the wealth management and, and financial planning and IFA community have got to adjust to. And that's, that's big. And then you add long-term care. The cost of care is astonishing. And the amount of people that are going to be going into care and have not planned for that. So where's that money going to come from? Um, so there's a lot of shifting plates at the moment with a younger audience coming through, an older, a, a current generation, an older generation that can live a lot longer. 
So um, it's a really interesting sector that's sort of flanked by quite two very different, di- two very different di- uh, demographics. Yeah, with so many, like, with so many movements on so many flanks, how are you guys managing to, well, keep up with it all? You, you know, it, it's, I have to say a lot of these things are, are being spotted and they are, they are being analyzed and looked at. Things, for example, I think long-term care was something that was, there was more of a trend in that. There was more of an upward curve. People could spot it. I think people didn't really want to deal with it. Yes. But I think now they're starting to realize that people are living a lot, a lot, a lot. The data is there for everyone to see that, you know, there's going to be, we're going to be living touchwood for, for many, many years. And a lot of those years are going to be, we're going to be healthy. So that's fine. We could you know, possibly work longer, perhaps do a bit work, work on the side. But also it means that there could be a lot of a lot of us who are going to be going into care and care costs, care home costs are astronomical. Mm. So the way that what, what I tell all of my clients is you don't necessarily always have to have a solution. You don't have to say this is what you're going to have to do and that's going to solve the world. Yeah. No, no, no one's expecting that. But what, what I want my clients is to be part of the dialogue. So when a journalist or on social media i want them to be part of that dialogue so that when people are suddenly say you are at a certain age you haven't perhaps let's again take wealth management uh, as an example sector you haven't planned for your future or you haven't really thought about it Mm. and then you pick up the paper you go online or you read something or you listen to something on the radio on a podcast or on tv and it's got my client associated in that dialogue um with with education information um, helping to provide that level of um, of information, then that's great. That that's 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 a huge step, and that's what I where I want my clients to be. So, uh, you know, identifying issues that are going to happen in sectors, which, to be honest, I think we are now, and we've identified quite a few of them. It's making sure I just make sure my clients are mm. lined up with those issues, um, and that's not just in wealth management. That's across the board. Um, whether it be regulatory changes, whether it be changes in in you know social economics. Um, a geographic changes, whatever it may be, it's just aligning clients with those topics mm. in the right way with the right titles. Yeah, I would imagine many of your clients about if we throw back the clock, yeah, back 10, maybe 20 years, the, like the sort of conversation, you wouldn't even be like considering sort of other mediums, you'll be sticking to more sort of traditional media fare uh, to get that message out. And so you're yeah. help, trying to help them get adapted to acclimatized to this new new world let's say and, and when i first started I've, I, I i've so i've been doing what i've been doing for just over 12 years now when i first started Ooh. it was you you had to be in the papers that was it yeah. just papers you had to be you know in in national the times telegraph guardian independent ft city you know you had to be there and online was yeah okay we'll get online but but actually we've got to get in print we have to yeah. get in print because people read print people read newspapers and the websites, you know, I look back at what the websites used to look like and they were terrible. They looked, they just looked like, you know, <laughs> fax paper. It was just terrible. Um, so <laughs> that, uh, but and I, I also remember social media. I remember, you know, joining a firm, my previous firm and they, and, and being told just, yeah, just make sure you have a LinkedIn account, make sure you have a Twitter account. And yeah, let's just keep a track of this and see, you know, this is this new thing called Twitter and LinkedIn, this new kind of connection <laughs> point, but it's, but don't worry. It's only, it's only for, for, it's only for, um, for recruiters. It's not for us. And Twitter, uh-huh. don't worry about Twitter. Twitter's more of like a, uh, you know, it's like a Facebook, but 140, 140 characters. So, okay. 
and then you just saw the these beasts and these monsters grow and in strength and um and now it's a case of you know we've got to be online we've got to be on social mm. media we've got to have a great linkedin presence we've got to be we've got to be keeping our social media so our, our traditional what we're saying on our website it's got to be tallied with our linkedin it's got to be tallying with our twitter it's got to be timed at the right time of the day um, so you're absolutely right. And, 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 you know, we haven't even stopped. I mean, we've got podcasts, we've got social media, we've got yep. TV, radio, there'll be more things coming. You know, I know they tried, for example, there was things like clubhouse that tried perhaps not doing quite as well as it, it, it people thought, but there's so many other things that are going to emerge, um, that we haven't even thought about now that will become new mediums. TikTok, for example, I mean, I'm, it's less, for, it's the, you know, things like TikTok and Facebook perhaps are, and Instagram are less for my sector because it's more, by all means, there are a lot of financial services firms when it comes to retail who are yeah. in that, but I'm more on the B2B side, I would say, in general. But um, I've had a lot of conversation. A lot of my clients are saying, you know, should we, should we look at TikTok? Should we look at Facebook? And my advice is no, not at the moment. It's not ready yet. It will, it will go on deaf ears at the moment. I think stick to what we know best, but keep a very close, close eye. But if you are a, you know, if you're a platform, if you're, say you launched a new, um, say you launched a new investment platform tomorrow yeah. uh, that allowed trading and allowed investing. I would, my advice would be um, look at everything with a complete blank canvas. And you know what? TikTok, if, as you rightly said, if you can make it so that it's done in a way that, that's, you know, fun, it's cool, but it has that element of risk, that risk warning that says, you know, this is what we do. And this is how you invest. And this is, this is why investing can be really fun because you're investing in the brands that you use. You're investing mm -hmm. in companies that you might like. You're investing in a company that your mate might work for. It's an you know, element of, of, you know, feeling like you're part of something, but money is money and it can, your, you know, your capital is always at risk mm -hmm. you go up and can go down. So I would, it, it, I would say, yeah, at the moment I'm very sort of just a slightly arm's length for the likes of TikTok, but, uh, and Facebook, but all, and Instagram, but all the others, I would, I, I, my clients are all over at the moment, all over. Yeah. Uh, look, you might be in PR, but would you say now you are becoming more of how can I say a media startup consultant for these firms now? Um, as, as in like, as in basically, trying to provide them. In, yeah. Basically teaching them and showing the ways to like, basically take on the sort of media, their own media side, rather than sort of rely on newspapers, rely on other platforms, like getting the word out to them directly. Yeah, great question. We, we have a lot of clients who said, should we set up our own podcast? Should we set up our own, um, you know, YouTube videos? Mm. Um, should we do it like that? And that that's a tricky one because that, again, it, it, it's reliant on, on almost us assessing and doing a bit of due diligence on the firm and whether whether there is a, a, a platform for that, whether that, that firm has that size, that gravitas to, mm. to do that without relying on, you know, a, a really, a really great podcast or a really great um, social media platform or, 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 uh, you know, a really good website, et cetera. So it does depend on the firm. Um, we do, we do get a lot of questions like that saying, you know, wh where, how should I, should I, should we do it ourselves? Are we big mm. enough? Or should we maybe put some really great spokespeople on some, on some really good relevant uh, podcasts or some really good relevant, um, and you know, should they have their own Twitter account? Yeah. Um, and, and, and on that, for example, on if I take Twitter uh, and LinkedIn, for example, because they're the most, by far the most used in financial services, yeah. I, do, I, would, I would say. My advice always is, yes, obviously, you need to have your own LinkedIn and Twitter profile. 
and you need to and it's important i think for your spokespeople to be seen as people you know i think there's nothing worse i i, I don't particularly like when i'm doing a search on a company and i'm not seeing many twitter accounts linkedin accounts but i'm mm. just, i am seeing quite a, a, a very fluid and very um busy um company account because i'm thinking okay well that's great but but I would like to see some characters. I think people do want characters. I think people nowadays, they, they do want to see some, some characters and some good spokespeople because it shows that the company's human and it's not just being, you know, there's not just buttons behind it. There actually are brains, humans, people making decisions collaboratively uh, and people from all different uh, backgrounds and diversities. And it, it, it's, it's a, you know, it, it, there are people that you can emulate. Mm. And so my advice is, you know, if you if people are generally I mean, some people are, I say some some clients, both people are terrified and they say, look, I'm, I, I don't want to do this. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. Um, but we try and educate them and try and help them and try and train them. Say, so, look, actually, it's really important to do this. And it's also let's not forget if you are say you are in an industry where you are on LinkedIn, uh, for example, and you are really good on LinkedIn, you like to post, you like to uh, repost, reshare. You're just very, very active on it. We the amount of the or the ability or the the the, the yeah the, the the volume of potential new business out there through LinkedIn for example is huge mm. and they're starting to see that so um so it's not just a okay I've got to do this because we've got to keep our media profile no no it's actually new business it's a great new business tool um so we we'd certainly show that to them and, and explain that and and they suddenly see it and and they they get to like it and they get to really like it and I think so so my advice is always if you can absolutely it's important to have have characters behind the brand it's important to have yeah. you know spokespeople who have a linkedin and twitter account for sure yeah like you say spokesperson i say community leaders because like the whole thing <laughs> is, yeah yeah no, because yeah. like right now yeah yeah uh, the power the, the power to post something on linkedin as you say uh that is great like people like are, okay i've like I've liked that and everything like this, but I think the real people who really make a difference on these platforms these days are the people which actually build a real big community. And if you've got the power of doing that, there is, oh God, good oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like there, yeah. like, there's a couple of American YouTubers on the financial side of things, um, Grant Stephan, Meet Kevin, uh, which are like, look, they've been around for about, oh, I'm going to say, three four years four years max but yet they've built a tremendous community around the financial like sector uh people yeah. like listen to them trust them and whatever they say because they are community leaders uh is held quite highly sometimes a little bit too highly because people are fanatical out there very fanatical <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think anyone any organization which can sort of build a community around their brand and maybe around a couple of key people what represent that brand, they are going to be in so much of a stronger position going forward. Um, I don't know if you've like been trying to explain that to companies or they just be like, hey. yeah, I it, it, absolutely. And and I've had I've had some very serious um, financial services brands who have asked about influencers and yeah. uh, how do they should they be pro proactively reaching out to certain influencers in their sector. And it's, it, it's one that I have to say, I, and I know there are some very, very good influencer marketing brands, mm. companies out there that all they do is that, and that, you know, working out which influencers are right, to which company. So it's the old school. It's, it's, it's basically the newer version of, of celebrity endorsement, right? That's yeah. pretty much what it was. I remember doing celebrity endorsements when I first started and tallying with a really good celebrity, usually a sports person, uh, and that would be it. But um, now it, it's understanding, should I be, 
collaborating with someone who's an influencer, as you, as you, as you, you pointed out. Mm. And that's a really difficult one because, you know, it's such a platform. It's such a platform. It, you know, if you could, if you can get it right and yeah. link with a really great influencer who, who, uh, you know, is generally passionate about the brand or, or, you know, or you're endorsing very well, frankly, you know, the, the power of that is mm. just tremendous and far bigger than any advertising campaign, far bigger than any um, social media or any, you know, TV campaign, because what you're then doing is that you're, as you rightly said, you're, you're speaking to a community mm. of that are, are, are buying into whatever that leader of that community is saying. Yeah. And that, that, so you're already creating, you know, loyal, loyal sort of brand ambassadors um and they may not they may not necessarily be immediate clients but they might tell a couple of mates they might tell a couple more mates and and lo and behold you've just created this great buzz and that's 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 how it works and i think you know and and the speed of it is just phenomenal Mm. um and you know to counter that though is that you know while that's great to promote brands it also means that something goes wrong speed at which something you know george soros very famous what 50 years to build a brand five minutes to destroy it yeah that that couldn't i mean that that's probably now 50 years to build a brand and five seconds to destroy a brand right i mean it mm. doesn't take much a bad tweet uh, a bad post you know it, 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 the, the, these I, I i think these brands are there isn't that that's probably a little bit about it, a little bit why maybe there is a slight reluctance to engage with those too much because you're worried if i get this wrong this is disastrous. If we don't get this right, um, we are not, you know, so, so I think, I think it's, it's, it's much more of a balancing act now than it, than it ever has been because this, just because of the speed at which things can change very, very quickly. Yeah. Like this is the thing I would say if this was about a year, year and a half ago, like the whole sort of, I would say council culture was definitely in the full swing of things if you did do something wrong you would basically yeah that they would work and work and work until they have annihilated you from this earth i think now hey uh, now it seems like yeah people get angry for like a period of time and then that like one two new cycles later they well not even new cycle like one or two different things which come up through the day and they move yeah. on quite swiftly so i would say like look i'm i'm speaking as a layman here so I'll, like i'm not by all means i am no expert you know better than i but i <laughs> i think the damage wouldn't be as severe i know it would not make a client happy if that happened but i think it's not something which is irrecoverable no, and I think I, I think there's a big difference here between B to C and B to B uh, B to C and B to B as well. I think mm. B2Bs don't have that that audience which would be you know necessarily typing away uh, on the phone. You know, they, they they wouldn't perhaps be that connection with the B to B interaction yeah. from from a from a, 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 from a, a you know a, a, a person a, a, you know a, a, a client. When it comes to B to C. It's you know something that, that you're not happy with, something that you have you've received poor service, you whatever it may be, uh, you know, your your ability now to to go onto three platforms at a click of one button mm. with a with a bad post about it. And and how many people can see that, particularly if you've got power behind you and if you're an influencer, is pretty scary. And I think that's a big I think, you know, if you're a, if you're a client-facing brand these days, 
and I, I, I don't deal with many pure client facing brands. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, that, that, you know, and I, I feel for PRs who do work in those, those, because that's a 24 seven job. I mean, that, there's mm. no stopping that because that, again, the power of, the power of, of social media and the speed of it. Um, so I think with that, you, you've got to be ever so careful and, and you've got to manage it incredibly well. And, you, and, and you've got to pay, for, you've got to put the, 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 the people in place for that. So I think, yeah. You know, from from a client client experience or from from a client service perspective, if you're involved, if you're in the client service business, I think you know, and or you're whether it be in house or whether it be agency side, you're going to be going. You know, you're only going to grow in 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 importance going forward because people are going to need it. I mean, more more ability to complain, more services required to deal with that. It's it's a simple simple economics, and that's only going to grow. Yeah, you know what? I like I'm loving the energy coming off of you, my friend. I'm loving it. You know, <laughs> like this is the thing, like because like this, like, okay, someone in your position could be like, yeah, you know what, blimey. Uh, if I could fan a slap, snap it all back to the good old days where it was like print and every the like God, the pillars they, they, were there. Like you oh, could see the clear lines and it like it, a simpler age. Well, pre pre-email. Pre I mean I I I can't quite imagine those days pre-email where it was print. Um, the only thing the only thing I would say to that, which would have been quite difficult, is that once it's out, it's out. You know, oh, yeah. at least at least nowadays we have the ability to correct you know factual errors, um, and we can spot things and move quite quickly. But so, so yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think it was a lot a lot easier in the old days. I, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Um, but. Um, it also depends. It's like anything, you know, you, you, you grow something, um, you know, quickly, like, like financial services has grown. Um, it allows for a lot of opportunities to grow and there are lots of potential to make something big and make something really profitable and make something that's really good for the environment or really good for for Mm. the world very quickly. At the same time, your threats are, are even bigger your ability to, or your, your, your possible, the possibility of you just completely collapsing can happen so much faster. Mm. Um, and so, so it's, it's, it can be precarious. Um, so it, it, it's, it's a, it, you know, it, it's a more, it's certainly a more interesting environment. That's for sure. <laughs> than yeah. it ever has been. Yeah. But you still seem very excited to turn that page to see what comes tomorrow. Uh, I can, well, still, yeah, I do. I, I get, I think, I think when, in what I do in, in PR, I think you have to have a salesman in you. Mm. Um, and if anyone who anyone wanting to get into the into the industry, I think you've got to be a, there's got to be a bit of salesman in you, a bit of a salesman in you, because you've got to get a real buzz when you get a piece of coverage for your client. Yeah. If you don't get that, then you're in the road. You're just not. That's not going to work because okay. that's our currency, right? So getting a great piece of coverage in the FT mm. for, for my clients, I get a massive buzz from that, um, and, and I know that that and that that's my currency. That's my kind of um, my drug that keeps me going is is great coverage constantly and really great flow of coverage. Um, so, so you've got to want to, and you've got to want to sell the story to get that. So you've got to have that, that, that salesman in you as well. Um, and, and I'm lucky, I'm lucky. I do really enjoy what I do. I think a lot of people, you know, don't enjoy what they do. And, and, and I'm, I'm very fortunate. I do love what I do and, and um, you know, and, and I'm passionate about it. Yeah. I have to ask like, okay, you, like you started in 2009. Is that 2009? Right? Yeah. 2009. Ah, okay. So literally, I was I was doing. I'll never forget. I was trying to find a job, um, and I didn't really. And I wanted to go into financial services, marketing. Didn't know what PR was. Yeah. Doing milk rounds, uh-huh. going around to all the, a load of different firms. Uh, did all sorts of weird. And I was did the Aldi graduate scheme at one point to try and do that, which was 
<laughs> hilarious. Okay. Um, and and uh, and I got to the point where I was seeing the same faces and of the same people looking for the same jobs because it was just obviously it was just as the crisis has as uh, pretty much yeah it was right in the middle of the crisis so jobs yeah. were really difficult and just happened to get my foot in the door uh, of a big big firm called Syndicate Jerusalem which was which was great to me and um, was there for eight eight nine years but it was a real tough time to to find jobs and I know that it's 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 interesting because obviously a lot of people are now talking about. Well, are, are the next generation going to experience what, what, what that was like in 20, 2008, 2009 now? Um, my feeling is not. My feeling is not. I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm probably only speaking financial service here, but I'm feeling that there are a lot of, lot of jobs out there, a lot of people moving, which, which opens up opportunities. A lot of people just, just reevaluating life, which means more company, more interesting startups, more interesting companies mm. being developed, more openings in their companies that they're leaving. So I think it has a, a, a potential to have quite a nice, nice bit of a uh, ignite a bit of movement, ignite a bit of um, bit of energy in the sector. But I know obviously a lot of sectors are in, you know in a lot of trouble. Hopefully with the announcements coming up that um, you know things like hospitality will open up and, and travel, etc. But um, I think it's an interesting time. I think if I was a graduate, you know, obviously it's very sad that a lot of them couldn't go to university and experience that life. But I'd be really exciting because. I'm really excited because I, I, there's 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 not really a ceiling now you know there's not mm-hmm. in the past you know i remember thinking god i have to join a company i couldn't possibly do something myself or i had to join the biggest company i could i think now i'd probably be like well if i have an idea or if i have something um i would almost say go for it uh, you know I'll, i've got two daughters and i would i would tell them look go 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 for what you you know if you think if this is something you're passionate about because passion passion goes so much further than i think people will ever give it credit for sometimes just being passionate about what you what you do can take you an awful long way um and i think um that that's certainly one thing i would say is you know don't necessarily think of what was what was what used to be the case maybe for our for for, for, for your parents doesn't necessarily mean the same thing for you and i think um you know try and do something that makes sense you know sense sense to you mm. no i agree i think there is a lot more opportunity out there i think with that's regards fine. to what's happened now and like the recession we went into i would like it's it's a different recession. It's not a recession which came through a slow sort of process of mistakes here, there, and everywhere. It was like artificially imposed on yeah, the globe. Exactly. So like, basically, yeah. there, like we before then, we were riding on crazy highs of never been seen before, and that sort of like that capital is still there. They've come like some ah, exactly. have gone, but it's like it's just exactly. rare, raring to just kick off again. And I think exactly this time next year we'll be flying. I I I I I, I actually totally agree with you. I, I I think you're spot on. I think we are uh, waiting. We are. I can I can I, you can feel that there's this buzz about things every time announcements made and every time we get nearer because you know that it's uh, you're going to unlock unlock all this capital. Yeah. And it's going to people are going to spend. They're going to enjoy life. They're going to go on holiday. They're going to go out for you know people are going to spend companies are going to buy each other buy other companies some sectors will consolidate some will grow new sectors are going to merge i think it's really exciting if we can get if we can get back to some form of normality which i think we can but you just you just never know unfortunately we've never been this well we haven't been this experience in anyone any of our lifetimes so it's it's very slightly unsure but signs looking good i agree with you yeah like this is the thing i would say with the uk united states 
Canada, not, I'm not going to say so much Canada, but a couple of other countries which are kind of like, okay, taking much more of a proactive step uh, with regards to 19th coming up, um, ninth in Scotland, more than likely, and I'm not, Wales it must really lie somewhere in the middle of that 20 days. But yeah. yeah, I think the United Kingdom, by the time it hits September, October, will be pretty much running like it was before uh the rest of europe i i honestly don't know i know, <laughs> so I know. I don't that's know. yeah 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 and let's forget and that, 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 and that that is a really interesting one because if the rest of europe is um not catching up to us or not in the same um you know, sort of space that we are uh, mm. going forward what does that mean for the uk does that mean that actually the uk uh, moves beyond the rest of europe uh, does that mean that we get held back because we're not able to trade properly and to work? But I, 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 I don't think it does. I think actually it will. It, I, I think from our perspective, it will will continue to be will continue to be very very strong. And I think you know we will we have a, we have a system in place now. People know how to work. What, what, I mean, how to work regardless almost what a situation is like. I mean, this has been so good for our resilience as a nation yeah. the last fifteen months. Um, that I think, and for companies, obviously uh, as well. And I think whatever we get, whatever gets thrown at us, I think we can we can deal with it. I really do. And I think um, it's been it's been a, a real reset, hasn't it? I mean, it's a real proper reset for everyone. And I think um, I think we all kind of needed it in some aspects. And I think it's, a, it's only going to make us stronger going forward. I really yeah. do. Yeah. No, I think it was a big refocusing point for a lot of people uh, where they're going to go in the future, who they are, and like yes. Who, are, who will be joining us in that sort of journey along the way uh, with regards to certain countries around the world where like, they, like they're thinking, oh yeah, let's get this down to complete after zero. I'll be like, uh, I think that time has passed and you might be yes. asking yourself. Um, and I think anyone, any of these sort of countries which are going to be stuck in that sort of mindset, mm-hmm. they will get left behind because look, don't get me wrong. Look, with all what happened through last year, we, we got quite lucky. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't as severe as a certain Spanish flu, which came through and like wrecked the world. Like yeah. more than like World War One, it wrecked the world. Now mm-hmm. it's a case of what can we do to improve things for the future, like environmental yeah. community, yeah. or just basically yeah. as for the country as a whole. And Absolutely. I think with regards to... The United Kingdom, look, I've like I voted to stay in Europe, but like the more I see how Europe's behaved as over the mm. of time, I'm being more like going, you know what? I've I think I was on the wrong side. And interesting. Yeah, it's just the way I see it. Uh I, I think if you notice how Brexit, the narrative around Brexit has fallen behind so much. Because mm. obviously the focus, obviously quite rightly, is on being on, on COVID. But I think it's made a lot of people rethink everything uh, in terms of, of of what that means. Because I don't, again, whatever people voted for at that time has now completely changed again. So yeah. it's almost a different, you know what I mean? And it's, I think you're absolutely right. I think there'll be a lot of people in in that camp who will who will think, oh, actually, what I voted for then is not what I'm thinking now, the way that they behave, except there's a lot, we'll hear a lot of that. So mm. I, I think it's a really interesting, um, it's going to be very interesting going forward and how that all plays out. And, and what does Europe look like after this? And 
What does the UK look like? What is it? What is what is the UK US relations? Like? What is what does the UK and the rest of the world look like when it comes to trade? Mm. Um, you know, does does that 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 for me is going to be really interesting? Does that mean that we suddenly open up many more doors, or or do we find ourselves actually at the back of the queue uh, for for the, the the bigger trades? And actually, that's not a good thing. It it's a really hard one to call, but but um, it's certainly going to be one that's going to be really interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be paying attention what's going to happen between, like, um, we did a trade deal with Australia recently. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, like, yes. this is the thing. I'm like, look, that trade deal, okay, if you do it once with that type of trade deal, fine, once. But if you're doing that, okay, Canada or, like, New Zealand and then... It's a lot of paperwork. Yeah, it's a lot of, pa- it's a lot of paperwork, but, it's- yeah. Then, like, as yeah. soon as you do the deal, you are going to have to apply the tariffs literally straight away because they ain't going to work. It, it's going to be a lot. Well, a lot again. It goes to that point, but a lot more jobs. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> a lot more people needed to help manage that. It's a. It's going to be a. That's going to be a very, uh, you know, a lot of tentacles in different areas of the world that we're going to need to manage, and that's going mm. to be. Uh, that's going to be. That's going to need a lot of manpower. <laughs> that's for sure. Ah, uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. My my. Now, so. With regards to how you see yourself and your firm going forward in the next sort of, like, say, three to five years, what mm-hmm. would you like? What do you see your expectations, or what would you like your expectations to be? I think um, we we found what we want to do in terms of we found we are. I think in the past, perhaps we were maybe we looked at a, a, a subsector in financial services. We looked at capital markets. We looked at financial markets as being kind of our or market structure as being our kind of go to. And we and we are very very good at that. Yeah. But we years have entered different sectors in financial services. Um, and for me and for the rest of the firm, I think we want to grow that and be excellent across all the different financial services sectors mm. keeping that b2b element obviously we wouldn't go into b2c just because i think once we do that then we, we very much are perhaps losing our our focus a little bit mm-hmm. so we we and we are, we are hiring people that have those skills we're hiring people from different backgrounds different diversity so that we can we can actually go at different different sectors different subsectors as well in financial services so that's what i really want to do is i want us to grow uh, organically but but at the same time bringing on really great people growing the firm not too quickly as well i don't i don't believe in in we, we like to grow with the firm so that we don't we like to grow with with people um really good quality people not overloading the firm because we want to make sure that we keep the dna of of what green target is and mm-hmm. um and and making sure that we don't um we don't sort of we don't want to, to 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 lose that 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 ability and that that kind of camaraderie that we have within the firm as well. We've got a really great environment. Uh, people absolutely love each other. They get on so well. Um, we, we're a really great unit, and I think that's really important that we don't do that. So so that's what I would say is it's growing at a nice steady pace, mm. growing into different markets, finding new segments. Um, perhaps perhaps looking at firms that we could maybe you know, work with, acquire, um, partner up with, you know, to, to, to grow at the right, you know, always finding the right partners, I think is really important. We are owned by a company called Selby Anderson, which uh, essentially is a firm that, that um, 
owns a number of marketing specialist marketing agencies so we always have the ability to cross sell as well with clients so and that's something that they're very keen for us to do more of and that again is something that we would look to do and the more we we have the ability to have referrals to other types of marketing agencies the more chances are we able to penetrate into different markets Mm. um, because if we can we can go at go at a different segment within financial services and say yeah we can do that and we can also bring our advertising agency that we work with or our social media agency or our um you know our other our other pr agency that actually focus on this sector yeah so that that in in, in, in itself is a, is for us is a really powerful tool um and so that's something i think we can definitely use and and yeah i think if we continue the way we're going it, it's it's a really nice trajectory at the moment um and and we just hope that continues to go yeah we continue to grow like that yeah, so I, I think I'm going to see you guys like broadcasting on LinkedIn at some point. Uh, like, yeah, that's like, yeah, so with your own little like either well, we, 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 lo- we love we we we've got some great writers, and I think we do love that we we realize how important that is to produce great content um, mm. and to, to be on podcasts and to share what we know because you know it's also it's also really important for me to to bring through the next generation of people that want to get into PR. I think I, I'm really passionate about that, and mm. that can be well, that's great if it's with other firms great as well it's just a case of bringing people through and kind of having a little bit of understanding of what it's like and um and how and how it's a great sector to be in uh it's a you know if you like writing if you like selling if you like people and you like communications um you know and and you know you get a buzz from the news then uh, it, it's a great sector to be in for sure what is your favorite thing in pr my favorite thing in pr i love um i love changing the perception of a firm so if a firm, I've worked with a few firms who've had some pretty negative coverage um, for a variety of reasons, can be performance, can be um, uh, too many changes in the firm, can be yeah. uh, a sensationalist, uh, sensational headline. Uh, it could be anything. And for me to come on board and to change that perception by, by ca- you're getting great coverage that counteracts those negative pieces, that, that changes the way that the firm is perceived mm. by strategic ways of 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 uh communicating to the media and, and to highlight the really great bits uh of the firm i i love that i love when a when a brand t- changes course yeah through my advice um and also i want I, I mean I, I say i said to you earlier i i love selling i love selling a story and i love seeing you know selling a story that i then see getting coverage it's it's for me it's the full scale you've you've identified something that your client can be could be aligned to sold it to a, a newspaper or an, or an outlet it's appeared uh with your client all over it and 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 even the, the ultimate got me the holy grail of pr <clears throat> is a piece of coverage that you get and it leads to new business it didn't get new business it's amazing absolutely amazing <laughs> love it love it oh, what can i say now okay now for one of like okay <laughs> Now for the final question. This is going to be mm-hmm. the question must probably psychologically profile you to the oh god. Out there. Now, oh gosh. Now, okay. You you are aware of the show, the Muppet Show, right? The Muppet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. okay. Think of a film, a feature film, any feature film. It could be your favorite feature film or one you respect. Now, Mm -hmm. replace the whole entire cast of that feature film with the Muppets, and you can Mm -hmm. only have one human actor in it. Which film would that be, and why? Oh, gosh, wow. That's a really difficult one. 
So which, <laughs> oh God. So it has to be, a f- well, my, <laughs> I honestly, that's a really, that's a really difficult one. So I'm replacing all the actors with the Muppets except of, of a film, except one actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one of my favorite, I'll tell you what my favorite film of all time is Gladiator. Yes. And, but then having Russell Crowe with a load of Muppets would probably look quite, would look a bit silly, really. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it would work. Maybe it would work. It'd be fighting in the in the gladiatorial rings. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I I, I would prob- probably keep to my word of saying oh, Gladiator being my favourite film and replacing it with Muppets. Why not? Bit of fun. <laughs> so, okay, right. So, who would be Russell Crowe's best mate then? Oh God! <laughs> oh, my God! I actually can't even remember. I can't even remember the names of the Muppets. I can't even remember the names of them. <laughs> you have Fozzie Bear. You have Ralph. You have like Frog. Yeah, Kermit. Kermit, of course. Kermit the Frog. Actually, of course, it's got to be Kermit the Frog. Of course, it has. You can imagine him running around, bobbling his he- head. Uh, yeah, that's got to be it. I can, I can picture that now. <laughs> so, so Russell Crowe loves interest. It's going to be Miss Piggy, are you saying? Oh, of course it has to be. Yeah, of course it has to be. <laughs> and she would love it. <laughs> she would absolutely love it. Oh, yeah. Miss Piggy, no escape. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. Like, yes, very interesting. Like, if your colleagues watch this, so I go watch him, watch him carefully. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what is he talking about? Absolutely, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, can you tell the lovely people out there how they can find you, Jamie? Sure. Yeah, uh, I am on LinkedIn, Jamie Brownlee. Uh, I've got Twitter. I'm on Twitter with um, the the sort of the address of at brow so b-r-o-w-j-d and you can find me on our website which is www.greentarget.co.uk always happy to help anyone wants to get in touch and and have a chat always keen to hear from people so more than happy to ah brilliant thank you for coming on to the podcast today jamie you have been a star a superstar thank you very much (laughs) thank you very much for having me it's been great Ah, awesome, awesome. I'd like to also say thank you to you, my friends, my life warriors, for staying, watching the show so far. You have been great. You have been fantastic. So please stay well, stay safe, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic. Be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some. Have a great day. Peace. And we are.